Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Reverend Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Amen. Let us rise to our feet and let us pray. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful. Lord, we thank you for this great opportunity we have to come in your presence. Lord, your word says you send forth your word and it does not return to you void. Father, you have a plan. You have a purpose for which you send your word. And Lord, your word says it will always accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. This afternoon, Lord, we pray, as your word comes, let it accomplish the purpose for which your word is being sent. In the name of Jesus, give our hearts the spiritual soil, the spiritual food that we need to receive the seed of your word and let it bring forth fruits in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated. And today we are entering into a new season of series and we are beginning to share with you about attempt great things for God. Hallelujah attempt great things for God and we are going to share from our prophet's book attempt great things for God. Amen. This is a year that you are going to attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Say I will attempt Great things. Say great things for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse number 1. Isaiah 54 and verse number 1. Attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. It says, sink, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. 
and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Hallelujah. Can you have the um, NIV? Let's read from the NIV. From verse 1. From the NIV. It says, Sing, barren woman. Sing, barren woman. Are you listening? Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord, says the Lord, says the Lord. He says, sing, barren woman. Wow. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor. You never were pregnant. You were never in labor. But he says, because more, why are you singing? Why should you burst into song? Because more are the children of the desolate woman. The woman who is barren. The woman who is isolated. The woman who is left alone. The woman who is not pregnant or has never been pregnant. The Bible says, more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. And this, the scripture says, says the Lord. It is God who is speaking. Wow. What a mystery. What a mystery. And so for that, he says, now enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You see, today we don't build tents. But this was a time where they lived in tents. And they used cords and stakes to build the tents. And when you put your tent here, it means your tent is this size. If you put your stakes here, it means you are building a greater tent. So it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Stretch it wide. Stretch it wide. Sometimes when you stretch your curtain, it gets to a point and you think it's done. And then you, it will stop here. But then the scripture says, do not hold back. Stretch it. Let it go. Stretch it wide. Lengthen your course. Strengthen your stakes. He says, because or for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Oh, you are going to spread out to the left and to the right. You see, this is a prophecy. And the prophecy you believe, it is a prophecy that will come to pass in your life. This is the Lord who is speaking. He says, you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispose, will, will dis, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Wow. He says, do not be afraid. 
you will not be put to shame. You see, you will not be put to shame to have a dream like this. To think of yourself as someone who will do great things. I know a young man, he says, I will do well. I know I will do well. And you should not be ashamed to say that. He said, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Don't be afraid to strengthen your cause. Don't be afraid to enlarge your tents. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. In 2022, you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. Ah, some of you, you have some shame of your youth. You don't like your youth to be remembered or to be talked about. Amen. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Why? Why? For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. Wow. This church, the Holy One of Israel is our redeemer. You are looking at us like that. He said, do not be ashamed to enlarge your tent. And I believe that the scripture is being fulfilled in our lives. I see the beginning of the scripture being fulfilled in this church already. That our, our tent has been enlarged. Amen. And when you enlarge your tent, of course, the moment you enlarge your tent, you see that it's too big for you. And it looks embarrassing. It looks like, why did you have to enlarge your tent like this? You didn't need such a big place. You didn't need such a big tent. I say a prophecy is being fulfilled in this church. Am I the only one who is seeing the prophecy? Wow. Clap your hands together for the Lord Jesus. He said, you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And says, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Hallelujah. And the reason is, the Lord your God is your maker and your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Hallelujah. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That is why you are supposed to attempt great things. Francis, think of great things. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Do not fear to be humiliated. So in this book, we are talking about attempting to do something great for God. To do something great for God. You will discover many great things that you can do for God. Hallelujah. Now, a great thing is something that God calls great. Do you agree with me? Yes. 
So in this book, we are interested in the things that are great in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. We are interested in things that are called great in the Bible. What the scriptures call great is what we are going to look for. Hallelujah. What is great to a businessman may not be a great thing to a servant of God. Are you listening to me? What is great to the Gentiles may not be great to the believers. Joe, are you listening to me? Yes. What is called great to a politician may not be called great in the sight of God. These words to attempt great things from the prophet Isaiah are telling us to attempt to create a larger tent. Attempt to build a bigger tent. Expect more people to occupy the tent. Expect more people to occupy our church. Hallelujah. I said a prophecy is being fulfilled in your eyes. Yes. Expect it. Expect to need even a bigger tent. To give a covering to a larger crowd. Hallelujah. So the prophecy is clear for all who are interested in the visions of God. The visions of God tells us to enlarge our ministries. The visions of God tells us to expect great things and to attempt great things. Hallelujah. Frank, are you listening? To attempt great things. No more mediocre. No more small things. Hallelujah. That is why we are enlarging our territory. We are enlarging our coast. Amen. So William Carey, the great missionary who went to India, is the one who coined these famous words, attempt great things for God and expect great things for God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you hear about William Carey, who is, has higher level of education or of rich family. You know how in those days you go to certain schools, you are considered to be William Carey was not one of those. One day I will, sh- I will share his biography with you. Amen. So the prophet gave the command to enlarge the tent and to lengthen the course. And why is that? Why would you have to enlarge the tent? Because you are expecting great things to happen in the tent. Hallelujah. Now, expecting great things indicates that there are no great things inside. Isn't that so? If you are expecting great things, it means right now there are no great things. Expecting something is not something that you are seeing right now. When you are expecting great things to happen, it means that what you are seeing now does not look great. Now, that can be very discouraging. That can be very discouraging. When you don't see any greatness in sight and you are expecting greatness and you are expecting great things, it can be discouraging. When you cannot see any great thing or even potential great thing in your life, or in your ministry, it can be very difficult even to expect something great to happen to you. 
Hallelujah. It's almost as if you are joking. It's almost as if you are daydreaming. It's almost as if you are not serious in life to expect great things when there is nothing in your life that looks great. But when you serve the most high God, when you serve the living God, when the almighty God is your maker, when you serve the God who knows the end of a thing from the beginning, he says to you, who is barren today? The woman who is barren, the woman who has never been pregnant, the woman who has never seen a labor, a experienced labor before, the Bible is saying, the Lord your God, your maker, is saying, burst into laughter, burst into songs, because what is coming to you is great. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yes. Isaiah 55, verse 8. Isaiah 55, verse 8. It says, For my thoughts, Jude, are you listening? It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. The way you are thinking is not how God is thinking. Hallelujah. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. What I'm saying may look to you like mocking, may look to you like joke. But I'm reading the scriptures. I said, I am reading the scriptures. Brad, I am reading the scriptures. Hallelujah. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. The way you do things, it's not how God does things. Jason, the way you think is not the same way God thinks. Hallelujah. The way you look at things and assess them, it's not the same way God looks at things and assess them. You are looking at a situation where there's nothing that looks great coming out of it. But God says, I see a great thing. Because my way of looking things is not the same. What I focus on is not your focus. Then he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways, higher than your ways, and my thoughts, than your thoughts. What a God. Then he says, for as the rain cometh down from, and the snow from heaven. Are you listening? Sam, he says, for as the rain cometh down, and the rain from heaven, and returneth not thither. When the rain comes down, and the snow comes down, you don't see them just going up. Again, they hit the ground and they start going up again. It says, not thither, but water at the earth. That is what happens. When the rain falls, Kofi, and when the snow falls, it says, they do not return thither. They don't go back up. But water at the earth. They have a, compl- they have a purpose. They have a reason why the snow is coming and why the rain is coming. He says, it watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bath. It maketh it bring forth and bath that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Wow. 
We are talking about a year of seed time and harvest. It says when the rain comes down, when the snow comes down, it just does not return back. But it waters the earth. So if you have sown seed, have the assurance that it will bat. If you have sown seed, have the assurance because the rain and the snow, they have the purpose to water the seed that you have sown. And it's going to bat. It will bat. Do you understand what it means to bat? It will bat means it will come out. It will grow. And then it will grow enough to bring forth fruits and seeds. That is when it has accomplished its purpose. And so he says, are we listening to the word of God? Am I sowing the word of God in your life? Then listen to what the word of God says. He says, then the next verse, he says, the next verse, he says, so, so, so shall my word be. The word that you are hearing right now. When I say enlarge your tent. He says, so shall my word be. That goeth forth out of my mouth. Are you listening to the word of God? He says, so shall my word be. That goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. When the word of God comes out, it does not come back void. Without accomplishing anything. He says, it does not come to me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. Not what you please. The one who is saying enlarge your tent and burst into laughter. He says it is just my word. I speak it. And when it comes, it will accomplish the purpose, the reason, that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. Hallelujah. Wow. I tell you. At the end of this series, lives are going to change in this church. I, I, I prophesy that at the end of this series, lives are going to change in this. But you see, when the snow falls and the rain comes, it has a purpose that when you sow a seed, it will grow and will bring forth a harvest. Sometimes what prevents the harvest from coming it's not the seed. It's not the snow. It's not the rain. It's not God who is not working on it. But sometimes it's the soil upon which the seed falls. So this afternoon, I want your heart to be that kind of soil upon which when the seed of the word of God falls, God can work on. Are you listening to me? God can work on that it will accomplish the purpose for which his word is coming forth. And he's saying that enlarge your tent. Attempt great things for God. Just attempt. Obey. Hear and obey. And leave the rest to the Lord. Say amen. amen. So it is important for Christians to expect great things from God. And to attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. It is important. It is sad to see many believers who are not attempting any great thing for God. Instead, for, uh, instead of attempting great things for God, people are 
being sidetracked into business schemes and other ventures. Hallelujah. People, instead of attempting great things for God, you see you are being sidetracked. Sidetracked into all kinds of schemes, business schemes that you are doing for yourself. You'll be in the church and you'll see people who are high-tech, high-tech people designing wild, wild programs for companies. Designing websites for companies. Programmers designing wild programs for companies. And these same people, they'll be sitting in the church and see the church of God struggling in the area of technology in the area of Facebook, in the area of our Zoom. And they are watching. And they think that it is too much for my program skills to just bring to church. It's too much. It's too big for the church. It's too big for the church. But God is saying, attempt a great thing for him. Attempt a great thing for him. Don't be sidetracked by your business, by your company, and attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. People feel that certain things are too much for God, but God likes great things. Hallelujah. People would rather come up with wild programs, wild designs for companies, and they like to sit at oval tables where CEOs and CMOs and CFOs and CEOs and CKOs and all kinds of O's have gathered. And then they stand and they come. And then they put their thing on the wall and they're talking. Talking, big, big, big talking. And when they finish, then everyone rises and they start clapping for them. Everyone stands up and they start clapping for them. And then they feel that they have accomplished. Greater things can be done for the Lord. I said greater things can be done for God. And listen, Luke chapter 16 and verse 15. Luke 16 and verse 15. Am I preaching to somebody today? Young people, when you are thinking of becoming great, think of doing great things for God. Great things for God. Hallelujah. Luke 16, 15. He said, and he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men at the over table. Justify yourself. Justify your skills. You prove yourself before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed by CEOs, highly esteemed by CFOs and CMOs, he said, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. So anytime you are not thinking of God, you are belittling the things of God and you think you have come up with something great before men and they rise up to clap for you, the Bible says it's abomination. That moment, remember, that is abomination in the sight of God. 
when men esteem you. Every time you do great secular things, you reduce your chances of doing great things for God. Have you not realized that? You think about how often the church is on your mind and how often your school and your business and your job things are on your mind. You think and see. Great things on earth are not great things for God. Earthly things have left the church dry. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Say amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Many of you are active in social media. You know how to do things. Young people, you know how to do things on social media. You know how to post videos, play with videos, do all kinds of things. You know how to edit sound. And you are not doing anything for the church. You don't post anything about the church on social media. Nothing about the church. Not that you came to church and you heard some powerful preaching and you have edited a version of it, a portion of it that blessed you and you have posted it and you have written a comment. Nothing like that. But all kinds of things. I mean, when we look at some of the things you are able to do, it's amazing. But that is changing right now. That is changing. None of your activities involve soul winning, something to evangelize, to minister to someone, to have a goal that my platform will reach thousands of people about Jesus. When you think like that, when your mindset is like that, you get the backing of heaven in everything else that you do. Yes. Many have set the visions of heaven aside and the visions of God aside. Instead of seeing that we can do great things for God, church leaders have led the church into business education and other social needs and social works. Amen. So winning and church planting are not the same as building secular schools. Hallelujah. Salvation is a conversion of the soul and transformation of the spirit of man. Salvation is when an evil and a wicked person is changed. It's not education. To save someone is not to educate someone. Are you listening to me? There are many educated men who dress nicely to work, wear tie and suits, have nice jobs, decent, high-paid jobs, drive nice cars, live in mansions, and they sleep with other people's wives. School cannot change them. Are you listening to me? They sit in churches even and desire to sleep with other women when they have their own wives. You see, I caught you. You think, you, you think we don't know. You think we don't know. But salvation is a conversion of a man. Salvation is the change of the heart of a man. That he's satisfied, no matter what, he's satisfied with the wife of his youth. 
And the same thing with women, women educated women. You would think educated woman is very wise. But you find educated woman whose desire is to sleep with somebody's husband. Education cannot change you. That is why so winning is such an important thing. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So winning is such an important thing. It's so powerful. I, there's so much that. Hallelujah. Let me just move on to the, the next thing on our. It says, attempt great things for God, not for yourself. Attempt great things for God and not for yourself. Amen. Jeremiah 45 and verse 1. It says, the word that Jeremiah the prophet. I'm introducing the subject, so be patient and listen carefully. Okay? The word, Jeremiah 45, 1. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spake unto Baruch, the son of Neriah. When he had written these words in a book at the mouth of Jeremiah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto thee, O Baruch, thou didst say, Woe is me now, for the Lord had added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sign, and I find no rest. Thus shalt thou say unto him, the Lord saith, the Lord saith thus, Behold, that which I have built will I break down, and that which I have planted I will pluck up, even this whole land. And seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. He says, seekest thou. He says, this is a prophecy that came to the prophet Jeremiah. Concerning Baruch, who was a scribe and was writing down prophecies for the prophet Jeremiah. I don't know, maybe Jeremiah couldn't write or whatever, but whenever he prophesied, Baruch was a scribe and he was writing them down to let the prophecy flow. So he was so close to Jeremiah that he became a target of the enemies of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's prophecies were so strong that he had a lot of enemies. So now God blessed Baruch with a personal prophecy and he told them, do not seek great things for yourself. There is no point in seeking great things for yourself because evil is coming upon the earth. The evil will destroy all the great accomplishments that you have sought. I tell you. And the Bible says, seek him not, seek them not. These great things, seek them not. That was the word to Baruch. I believe that this is the word of God for all of us. To not seek great things for ourselves. Hallelujah. Seek great things for God. And as you seek great things for God, God will give you all the things that you have not sought after. Hallelujah. Your life can be spent seeking great things. For yourself all the time. Or seeking great things for God. You can choose that. You can choose to seek great things for yourself. Or great things for God. It is your choice. You must decide to spend your life seeking great things for God. 
and not for yourself. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord because you are hearing this today. Because you are hearing this today. Because that is not what many people do. Most people spend their life seeking great things for themselves. Amen. And it's sad to know that most people do not lay hold on great things that they seek for. That is why it is great wisdom. Say great wisdom. That is why it is great wisdom to attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. It is high wisdom. High wisdom. And you will not hear this in the university. I'm telling you. You will not hear this in the university. And you have, prof- you have professors who have l- learned great things and they, they don't have much. Amen. So, for the few minutes that we have, I want to just show you some few people who attempted great things for themselves. Okay? Just give you a few examples and then we'll close. The first one is the rich fool who attempted great things for himself but was not called out of but was called out of this world before he could enjoy them. There's a rich fool in the Bible. And I want you to assess and say that I will never be a rich fool. Amen. So attempting great things for yourself when you are not rich towards God will only lead to a sudden shock on the day of judgment. Life on this earth is only the beginning of your real life. There's a real life. Amen. One of the children was saying, why do we always say, oh, I was going to say, there's a real life, oh. And then I paused, but I, I felt like coming back to it. Because there is something that the old adds to it and it makes the expression appropriate. Do you understand? It's like a wild one, you know. There's a real life, oh. Amen. I was amazed when one of our sisters from another nation has lent it. And every time she said, Reverend, it was wild, though. I said, wow. (laughs) Amen. So life continues in eternity. Focusing only on earthly achievement is a big mistake. Amen. It may not look like that. When you are here on earth, it may not look like life continues in eternity. And so it will be, it will, it, 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 it's not something that is taught in the world. The rich fool found out to his amazement that God withdraws, God withdraws people without notice. God will withdraw you without notice. That means he will take you out of this earth without notice. Luke 12, verse 16. Are you enjoying the message? He says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself. You listen. Listen to this this story. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. He had so much harvest 
And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. I have so much. I am rich. What should I do next? What should I buy next? There's someone, I don't know, sometimes people are listening to the message, so you can. He is so he has become so rich, young man. Young man. And so he wants to buy a certain car. No, 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 no. It's not Tesla. If I say it right now, it will it will go far. Because one day I was at work and somebody came and said, I really love your message of frugality. I said, hey, wow. <laughs> he says, she said, I'm teaching my children from that message. I'm teaching my children. Wow. It goes far. So we will, but the person went to buy a certain car. After church, come and see me. I'll tell you the car. So he said, I am rich. I have so much. What should I do next? And he said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my bonds. I'll break down my house and build greater. Say greater. Build greater. Build greater. He said, and I'll build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So, so, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. You wouldn't have to work anymore. You are going to live for many years without lifting your hand. Take thine ease. Eat, drink. And be merry. Wow. You see, for many people, when they prosper, they don't think about God. They don't think that even God's work is there. In the church, I'm talking about Christians. When people prosper, they don't think about God. I have seen when people are doing well, they even stop coming to church. My own eyes. When people have jobs, they stop coming to church. When people have what they want now, they don't need God. I'm telling you, I have been a pastor for a while. They are on fire for God, prayer meetings, fasting, weekday services. Before we open the church, they are here. And then when they do well, when things have worked well, God is secondary. God is, as, God is set aside. I'll watch the Zoom. What, you watch the Zoom. Watch the Zoom. I know you are watching the Zoom. Many people don't think about God when they do well. I'm telling you, they only think of getting more greater things for themselves. More greater things. That is what is on their minds. I'm telling you. I talk to people. 
So these days, why are you not coming to church? Oh, Reverend, you know, I'm planning to, you know, build this. I'm planning to do this. So what, what, what has it got to do with church? I don't have time. I've been so busy. They think of building greater houses, greater cars, greater businesses, greater wives, greater husbands, greater schools. Hey! When you were walking here with your ashy feet, you didn't know that your husband should be a certain kind of husband. Today you think your husband, this, this is not the type of husband I want. With your ashy feet walking around here. With your ashy hands. Think now that I, now I have a degree. This is not my kind of wife. This is not my type of husband. When people do well, they don't think about God. They don't even think of their behavior and their activities, how it affects the church. They don't even think. They don't even think that you are somebody that has been brought up front and your behavior is going to affect other souls and other sheep. They don't think about God. They don't think about God. I'm telling you. When God says people, you see, it's not difficult for the Lord to bless. It's not difficult for God to bless you. You So sometimes when some people are going through certain things and I look and I say, you see, God knows your heart. We are fasting and praying for you. And we are interceding for you. But God knows your heart that when you get this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, when you get it. But you attempt great things for God. You were not a great singer before, but attempt to be a great singer. You were not a technical person before, but you are going to attempt to be a great technical person. And God says, don't worry about the way you think. I have plans. I have plans about this. I have plans concerning you. Just you attempted great things. Enlarge your tent and allow God to fill in. Hallelujah. So he said, I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Are you listening? Thou fool, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? You see, one thing that we don't know. Sometimes that we don't think about. One thing that we don't think and we hesitate to even, it doesn't occur to us that the breath that is in your nose, it comes from God. That when he takes it off like this, that is your end. The mere breath, that is your end. It doesn't need to shut your kidneys. It doesn't need to stop your heart. It doesn't need to make you blind. It doesn't need to close your nose. He takes off that breath. And if you have not seen breath being taken off before, you will not even imagine 
how it is. Amen. Amen. He says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layed up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. I thought you were going to clap real and be sorry for yourself. Because the Bible is saying, caring for yourself and becoming rich and becoming prosperous, but not rich towards God, the Lord calls you a fool. A fool. I don't think anyone wants God to call him or her a fool. No one wants to be branded a fool by the heavens. The interesting thing is that when your focus is on doing great things for God, when it is on your focus to do great things for God, you'll be amazed that God is actually making you build great things for yourself. When it is on your focus, when, it, when God says, do a great thing for me, do this great thing, and your mind is set to do that great thing for God, you'll be amazed that you are actually doing a great thing for yourself. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You see, when God told Noah to build that ark, it sounded like a great and impossible thing. Have you thought about that? It sounded like a great and an impossible thing at that time to build an ark that will contain two of all kinds of animals. That every compartment you have a group of animals to be safe, not eating one another. Have you thought about that? You see, even you can't even imagine the snakes. Different kinds of snakes. To build such that the snake cannot sneak and come out to all kinds of places. Are you listening? It sounds like impossible. It sounds like too great. But Noah took to the task. And he attempted. And to his surprise, he found the ark being built. He found that the ark was being built and being built and being built until it was completed. And he didn't know that the great thing that he was attempting, God was using the same great thing to save him and his household and all his generation that will follow. Are you listening to me? So, the people who didn't care about what Noah was doing, the people who didn't care about building the ark, building the church, the people who didn't care about that, where were they? For all their great accomplishments, for all the busyness. Yes, they were eating and drinking and weddings. Where are they? You see, 
you, you are sitting here, and I want you to take thought of this. Okay? I don't know, but I cannot imagine that the ark was built by Noah and his family alone. I think it was too gigantic, and it was too enormous, and it was too big for Noah and his household alone to build. So I believe that perhaps Noah employed some people to build it. Perhaps Noah employed certain people to help to build it. Are you listening to me? Perhaps there were people who were paid by Noah to help him build. I don't know if Noah was just a carpenter, but he needed plumbers. Are you listening? He needed painters to stain the wood. He needed all kinds of workers. And sometimes, this is what happens in a church. There are people, all kinds of people, who are doing things in the church. Helping and doing things. But their hearts are not in it. And they don't believe in it. And so when they finish, God called the people whose hearts were in it to be saved. Beloved, you are in the church. You are helping. You are doing things. But is your heart really here? Do you really believe in what we are doing? You come to church all the time. Do you really believe in what we are doing? It will be amazed when the ark is about to be closed. Who will be told to go inside? Put your hands together for the Lord. And rise to your feet. I think our time is far spent. And we will continue next time. Yes, lift up your hands. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This afternoon, is the Lord talking to you? Is the Lord speaking to you? Yes. I need your words. Is, is that in your heart that to do you a great can thing for God? For is that in your heart to be a great instrumentalist? To be a great singer, to be a great technical person, to be a great projector person, to be a great preacher. Yes, it doesn't look like it's in the window. It doesn't look like anything great around you. But God is saying, think of great things. Think great. Think great. That you too, the Lord can use you. He says, the Lord your God has spoken. The Lord your God has spoken. The truth and comfort. Speak to us. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. Oh, Lord. Speak to me. You are talking to my heart. Through your word. Through your word. Through your spirit. Come in and go in. Through your word, through your word, through your 
Spirit, Lord, speak your words of life. Sing to me, oh Lord, sing to me, oh Lord, I am listening, I am waiting, sing to me, sing to me, Lord, sing to me, oh Lord, sing to me. Word, through your word, through your spirit, Lord, speak your words of life. Speak to me, oh Lord, speak to me, oh Lord. I am listening, I am waiting. Speak to me, I am listening. I am. of your spirit to enable us Lord to build great things for you and for your church in Jesus name Amen now with all eyes closed and every head bow I want to give everyone that is here an opportunity you are here you are not born again you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior if that is your prayer I want to pray with you you are here like that Lift up your hand. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. Please cleanse me. Wash me with your precious blood. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. I choose you as my Lord, as my master, as my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.